Welcome to The Secret Life of Dietitians. I'm Laura Poland. And I'm Amy Keller. May is International Mediterranean Diet Month. Say that again. (laughs) International (laughs) Mediterranean Diet Month. And this is one of those months that I think dietitians love to talk about. Because the med diet not only is a healthy diet, it's super fun. And it's all about celebrating food. And this is one of the reasons that I love to talk about it, love to read about it and present about it. But one of the most important components of the Mediterranean diet is olive oil. Now, I've always kind of been intimidated by olive oil. How about you, Laura? I love olive oil. So I I am not intimidated. (laughs) So we're going to have fun today. (laughs) Right. So today we're going to talk about, first of all, those health benefits. We're going to talk about how to buy olive oil, maybe some of the myths that surround olive oil. We're going to talk about how to cook with it, maybe some new ideas. Maybe it's more than just pasta uh, and bread, a way you can use olive oil. And then finally, did you know you can bake with olive oil? Now so that I haven't tried. <laughs> so stay tuned. Okay, Mediterranean Diet Month, or yes. International Mediterranean, Mediterranean Diet, Diet Month. Month. Well, Mediterranean Diet is very international. Mm-hmm. So, Well, and it's funny because as I was preparing for today's podcast, I thought it was interesting that there's no one Mediterranean diet. Right. And like, so if you throw Mediterranean Diet into the Google machine, <laughs> you're going to get several different versions of kind of the same thing. There's a lot of the same components, but there may be small differences depending on who's publishing the website, Mm -hmm. writing the book. There is no one like set med diet when we're talking about that. But generally, the concepts of the med diet are really similar. So I thought we'd talk about those health benefits first. We're all looking to prevent chronic disease, treat chronic disease. And if we talk about diets that do that, it does seem that the med diet rises to the top. It does. Absolutely. hundred percent. And so that Mediterranean diet, as we mentioned in the intro, that primary fat and one of the major components is olive oil. Um, And that hot consumption of olives and olive oil is the primary fat source that you want to consume more of as part of this med diet. Right. So it's been studied quite a bit, the olive oil. I think it's it's not good. I was just going to say, I think it's interesting too, though, because the Mediterranean diet is also very, very high in fruits and vegetables. So it's the combination maybe of the olive oil and the fruits and vegetables, but a central, central part of the Mediterranean diet is the olive oil. So that's what we're going to focus on today. Right. And while we're seeing more research every day about the benefits of the med diet, olive oil is not new, as you may have guessed. (laughs) I thought it was interesting that throughout history, people have used it for both medical, therapeutic, and culinary uses. Um, In folk medicine, it was uh, touted to assist with digestion, mitigating excess alcohol consumption, which I thought was interesting. I thought that was interesting, too. I 
I, Maybe with hangover cure? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Redu- reducing muscle aches, which probably has something to do with inflammation. And then that right. skin, hair, and muscle health. So, again, it's not new. Olive oil has been used for, you know, probably thousands of years or more. So I think this is something that definitely should be talked about. Absolutely. So, yeah. the And the reason it got the interest, uh, one of the, uh, an epidemiologist and nutritionist, Ansel Keys, was actually very interested in this back in what the fifties because he saw the low rates of heart disease in the Mediterranean region. And so he started looking at this and they did some studies on coronary risk factors in several different countries, uh, Finland, Greece, the United States, Italy, Yugoslavia, Netherlands, and Japan And they looked at the links of coronary heart disease and lifestyle factors, and especially the intake of mono and saturated fats. Right. And so we'll talk about mono and saturated fats here in a second, because that is the primary part of the fat that is in olive oil. Yes. Um, But what we have found is in this research, and you see this in all kinds of Mediterranean diet research, it's that ratio of saturated fat to monounsaturated fat. And this is where low-fat diets fell off the wagon, as far as I'm concerned. Yes. There was a focus, if you remember the 90s, I remember the 90s, on being very low-fat. And it was Mm -hmm. probably misguided. Instead of reducing all fat, we probably need to reduce saturated fat, but then increase our consumption of monounsaturated fats. Fat is not the devil, you know? Right. Yeah. And I think we probably all misspoke in the Oh, 90s. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, the Pritikin right. diet and, you know, we need to oh. avoid fat and... Right. Snackwell's cookies, you know? Yes. Uh, my mom used to eat them by the box. Yep. Uh, we had those in my house, too. Yeah. Yep. Right. I mean, they were low-fat, fat-free, but had mm-hmm. sugar in them. So they kind of took one dietary problem right. and replaced it with another. Right. Which still happens today in some of our food supplies. My favorite to mention is peanut butter. They will right. traditionally take the fat out of peanut butter and say that it's a reduced fat peanut butter, but they've added sugar in. So the calories are actually the same. Right. Ugh. So as you mentioned, the studies that Ansel Keys and his colleagues did were all over the world, but particularly the island of Crete, which is outside of Greece. Mm-hmm. And what he found is those people lived a long time without significant chronic disease. And what he figured out that probably most of this was due to their dietary choices. Yes. And this is how the med diet was born. That he looked at what they ate and the fact that they lived a long time and thought, what is it that they're doing that we're not doing here? Um, maybe in the U.S., and how can we make diets better here? Yep. Yeah. Um, so talk about monounsaturated fats. How do you advise clients when they're thinking about those heart-healthy fats? So mono monounsaturated fats are, th- those fats in the diet are more liquid at room temperature. 
saturated fats are more solid at room temperature, just that is a good clue to think about, okay, is this going to be high in saturated fat or is it going to be high in monounsaturated fat, right? So we, I kind of look at what, what is it doing at room temperature, but monounsaturated fats in the body will help. Those are the fats that I recommend when we're trying to improve that cholesterol profile that somebody might have where the the HDL is your good cholesterol. And we know that monounsaturated fats can have a positive impact on your good cholesterol. Right. Whereas saturated Um, fats may have a a negative impact on the bad, or I'm sorry, actually a positive impact on, it may increase your bad cholesterol and that's not what we want. And of course, trans fats are out of the U.S. food supply, which is great news. Mm -hmm. Those really were not good. Those were those partially hydrogenated oils and those types of things. And so we don't have to worry about those anymore. But yes, I think that the, and I think the food label update has really helped us because if you remember from the previous nutrition facts panel, it talked about total calories from fat, uh-huh. kind of putting that in some sort of focus that we need to be concerned about in the number of calories we're getting from fat. But the updated label has taken that particular notation away because as FDA said, the focus should be more on the types of fat we're consuming not necessarily focus on that total calories from fat. That's not to say though, you can eat all the fat you want. You can eat all the olive, drink all the olive oil you want. Right. Because it's still calories. Right. I like how you said it earlier. You said, you know, if you're, what we want to see happen is we want people to decrease the saturated fat and replace it with monounsaturated fats. Right. And so there are so many good heart benefits. We know cardiovascularly, uh, cancer reduction, even interesting things of research studies on inflammation. Yeah. I know that's a big buzzword. And yep. I think we've addressed it before, but inflammation that can affect things like brain health, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, and on and on and on. Even blood pressure. They've done studies that people who are using more olive oil have lower systolic and diastolic blood pressures, again, even to the point of reducing their blood pressure medication. Please do not reduce your blood pressure medication without talking to your doctor. Right. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Just because you started using more olive oil, I don't want to hear, I stop my blood pressure medication. Right. No. Nope. No, not do that. It's not but the- mind that by improving your diet, you can hopefully reduce your medication. Great. Exactly. So let's go on to some of those myths that we hear. So about two or three years ago, do you remember that 60 minute story? Yes. I didn't see it, but so many people have told me about it. (laughs) And it's right. And it was very believable. Yeah. (laughs) I'll tell you about basically the gist of the story was that olive oils, were adulterated with other seed oils so you might not be buying pure olive oil and somehow the mafia was involved oh gosh (laughs) you know but But it's 60 minutes you believe it right and right yeah right so from the north american olive oil council they've sort of busted this myth 
And again, consumers were nervous when they would hear about this, thinking, oh gosh, how do I know what I'm buying is actually olive oil? And what the North American Olive Oil Council has found is that we can all be comforted by the fact that when you purchase olive oil, particularly those that are going to have a quality seal, which we'll talk about in a bit, you do not need to be worried about the quality of your olive oil or think that it's somehow mixed with other oils or not real. Yeah, not real, not safe. I've heard so many uh, people, when I recommend olive oil to take to be taken aback and say, wait, I thought olive oil was bad. And how do I know if it's really olive oil? Right. So they cited the FDA testing 88 bottles of extra virgin olive oil randomly selected from uh, grocery stores in the D.C. area and found no confirmed cases of olive oil not being olive oil. Right. Right. It was Um, a report in a blog by UC Davis, and they even have a federal court that came out and agreed and said that it's not a thing. Right. The UC Davis story was actually sort of what prompted this discussion of adulterated olive oils. And it turns out it didn't look like very good, reliable research. Right. And this point that it was not good methodology and some issues like that, and that happens in studies sometimes. Yeah. When things come out that look really alarming, and then they look at the methodology and decide maybe not quite so alarming. The, in the North American Olive Oil Association has found that the risk of adulteration of your olive oil is about as two, low as 2%. Right. So, again, you can pretty much feel good that when you're purchasing a bottle of olive oil, you're purchasing a bottle of olive oil. Right. Yep. That being said... When you go to the grocery store and you look at that big shelf of olive oil, what a dart. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, there's a ton of olive oils out there. Honestly. Yeah. So honestly, I'll just tell you, I mean, I, I buy the Kroger brand. That's a local grocery store here. Uh, Mm -hmm. Kroger brand olive oil. And I buy it in a big tin and I have a little, olive oil bottle that I use uh, to store it and use on a daily basis. So, yeah. So I I don't buy anything fancy. I don't buy anything special. I do. I used to buy extra virgin olive oil and regular olive oil. Okay. I was going to ask that. Yeah. And the reason is that the regular olive oil is something that so extra virgin oil, olive oil is a little more expensive than your regular olive oil. And extra virgin olive oil has a lot more flavor to it than the regular <laughs> olive oil. And so I like the extra virgin olive oil for things like salad dressings and dipping oils and things that you're going to finish a dish with, you know, yeah. because it adds so much fun flavor the olive oil I will use if I'm going to bake it or cook with it. If I'm sautéing vegetables or something like that, making a soup, if I'm going to heat it up, I feel like I shouldn't spend the money to do right. that. So I did that for quite some time. But I love that term of finishing oil. That's what I saw in a lot of reading that I did for today about extra virgin olive oil being that more flavorful oil that you would use, like you said, to drizzle on something or to dip your bread in 
or to use as a salad dressing or use on roasted vegetables because you're looking for that extra flavor. Regular olive oil, as we, you mentioned already, is maybe better for grilling, baking, frying, where you don't maybe want all that extra flavor, but you need, you want to use that heart healthy fat. The one that's interesting to me is light olive oil. And when we see the word light, we assume low calorie olive right. oil. Right, that's dietitian. That not that, right? That's not the case. It's no. like light. It's just the color. It's yeah, the it's calorie. the color right? of the olive oil. Yes. <laughs> right. And of course, I think there's a lot of concern that, and we'll talk about cooking with olive oil a little bit later, but somehow it doesn't hold up with heating. And I'm hoping we're going to bust that myth a little bit later in the show. Yes. Um, and you want to look for that best buy date. So you don't want to buy olive oil that, although I like your idea of the tin mm -hmm. and then pouring it out into a smaller bottle, you know, ideally you want to buy olive oil that you're going to use fairly soon. Yeah. Now, if you get a good deal or if you're good with that kind of larger container and the smaller container, I think that's okay to do. But if you think you're going to be like, you know, not using very much of it, or if you're just still kind of like, mm, not sure I want to do this. Don't buy the biggest bottle you can find. Right, right, absolutely not. I and uh, the way I look at it is my my little bottle that I use. That's what I'm going to use in the next three months. Which I think right. they usually say try to use it within the three like three months. I know true people who are really into the Mediterranean diet and the olive oils and all these specialty oils. Uh, they tell you do not buy much at all, like really small amounts and. I don't know that that has it, it's worked for me to just have a smaller bottle and take that out and use that as needed. And then I keep the larger one and it stays. I've never had that turn on me. And you will know if olive oil turns. It does not right. taste oil good. Smell yeah, it, yeah, it smells bad and it doesn't taste good. Mm -hmm. Right. And so as I talked about, you, you want to buy things you're going to use within the next you know couple of months. However, if you're given a good bottle of olive oil at Christmas yeah. and you keep it sealed and it's got a good Best Buy data, research shows you can keep that if it's properly stored and sealed up to two years. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's kind of exciting that if you get a really, let's say you're on a trip and you get a really good bottle, let's say you get to go to Italy or something yeah. like that, <laughs> with you, but you can buy that olive oil and, and it let it sit for two years again in a good, we'll talk about storage here, and properly stored, it can last for two years. Yes. Um, I thought this was interesting. Note the country of origin. Yeah. Um, this is required by, of course, federal labeling laws. It's going to be on the back of the bottle, typically near that ingredient statement, but it's okay to have oils blended from different countries. It doesn't yeah. mean the olive oil is bad or you're not pure olive oil. It's very normal and it can be to have a specific flavor profile. It can be blended from different countries. So again, don't be concerned if you see more than one country listed. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. And then look for that quality seal. There are several different quality seals you can look for. The one that we will put, again, a link to in our show notes is this North American Olive Oil Association quality seal. It's red and it has like a little branch on it that looks like like an olive yep. branch, I guess. Okay. I'll have to and look online and see if I have it. <laughs> right. And what they have done is that they basically, people who have agreed to be part of this quality seal, open up their, you know, testing for compliance and, you know, open up their facilities and kind of, 
you know, reaching that international standard. And if you go to the North American Olive Oil Council, there's a list of olive oils that have the seal. And believe it or not, some of them are from Aldi. So yeah. don't feel, again, like right. you have to spend a million bucks on this. Right. You can absolutely buy olive oil, quality olive oil, without breaking the bank. Yes. Okay. And then the words cold press. So I used to tell people <laughs> that they needed to buy cold pressed olive oil. And I think you still want to buy that if you're buying regular olive oil. Hmm. But extra virgin olive oil um, will have marketing terms like first press, cold press, cold extracted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bring to that extra virgin olive oil being made from that first press of the oils without adding heat. Mm-hmm. Good news, all extra virgin olive oil is made this way. Right. So they don't you use don't heat. necessarily have to look for that labeling term. That's a marketing term that we, that's interesting. Yes. Right. And then some of those misconceptions, color is not an indication of quality. So it can influence your taste perception as what they have said, hmm. but yeah, there's no difference between a deeper green and a lighter green in right. terms of color. There are no home tests that you can do to check for the authenticity of your oil. Again, these tests, if you hear something about the fridge test or the lamp oil test, these are not reliable. Okay. And then dark glass bottles are indicating quality. Again, there's a reason they put them in a darker bottle or in that tin that yep. you're buying. Yeah. Because light is not friends with your Reason- olive oil. Yes, light is not a um, friend. A dark, a dark bottle is not a guarantee of quality, but it will help your olive oil last a little bit longer. Right. And olive oil can come from anywhere. You can get olive oil from California. You can get it from Italy, Greece, Morocco, Portugal, Turkey, Australia, Chile, Argentina. So don't feel again if you're not buying Italian olive oil. Right. It's not olive oil. It's still olive oil. Right. Right. It's still olive oil. Yep. (laughs) Okay. And of course, as you have figured out, it's more than just extra virgin olive oil that we need to be buying. Yeah. There are other olive oils worth having around. Right. Like you said, you didn't necessarily want to spend the money because it tends to be more expensive. Right. Although I'm finding that's not always the case anymore. Right. So I kind of gone back and forth depending on the price. But yeah, it doesn't matter to me. Right. If you're looking to buy olive oil that, you know, you again, I always say when people are buying olive oil, I say, what are you going to use it for? And if they say, I'm going to use it on the grill, then I say buy regular olive oil. Mm -hmm. If they say, I'm going to use it as a finishing oil extra virgin. Yep. If I'm going to use it in baking, I'm going to tell them to buy the light tasting one just because it won't make your baked goods taste like olive oil. Right. So think about what would I use this for the most when mm-hmm. you're making, if you're only going to buy one type when you're making your purchasing decision. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about storage. Yes. You, that you pour out of a, a larger bottle, a larger tin into smaller bottles. Yes. So, I love this, this parallel. Unlike wine, olive oil is not getting better with age. <laughs> no, it's not. That's right. And I do, I, I, I do have that problem occasionally, but uh, rarely with the system that I have right now. So, you know, I, I love the acronym that we saw in some of this material uh, about halo, right? So right. it's heat. Uh, what's the? Oh, heat. heat. Age. Oxygen, age. light, yeah. and age. Right. Hold Sorry. 
Ola, not Halo. It should be Halo. Ola, Ola is probably more like a Spanish term, and you're not supposed to pronounce the H. So I don't, I don't really like that. But anyway, so, but basically, it's heat, uh, oxygen, light, and age. So you definitely don't want to store your olive oil. Uh, next to a refrigerator or your stove where that appliance might get hot, even if it's in a cabinet next to it, you want to make sure that that's not, the heat isn't transferring into that area. So, cause heat is not your friend as well as oxygen. And that's where I feel like the reason I get by with what I do is I don't open that tin. I'm not opening that tin every time I want to use olive oil. I'm u- using a smaller jar. or And I use that. It's just a dark, yeah, smaller olive oil jar that I bought when it was on sale. <laughs> um, For a long time, I bought those. You know, you see them at like home goods stores, like those beautiful glass bottles with the pour spout. Mm-hmm. And I was like, look, it's so convenient. I can keep it by my stove and then I'll have olive oil whenever I want. Uh-huh. And realizing that the heat, constant heating up of the oil next to the stove was the worst thing I could have done. And the the bottle was open and it clear. was clear. I mean, it was every got light in your, yeah. It was, I made every mistake in the book with that <laughs> olive oil. I mean, it looked pretty, I right? guess. Yeah. And if you see pictures of olive oil, you'll often see it pictured that way. Mm-hmm. But that's actually the incorrect way to store it. Right. And, so. if, and have you seen those olive oil jars that have the little t- top that you can tip over and just pour out of real easily? Right. You want to be careful and make sure that it, because that's not really sealed then. And right. so if it's not sealed, then it's open to the air, which right. again will make it go bad faster. And then and finally, you, you mentioned the light, right? You know, don't put that beautiful bottle of olive oil as pretty as it is in your windowsill. Right. No. You know, again, that's not its friend. So yeah. yeah, think about that when you think about your your enemies of olive oil, that heat, oxygen, light, and age. Yeah. So just, you know, think about cool, dark place away from other appliances that heat up or cool down and your olive oil will last much longer. That's right. Okay. So let's talk about cooking with olive oil. You've mentioned finishing oils. What else have you done with olive oil? I do salad dressings almost all the time with olive oil. I love olive oil salad dressings. And I just make... What do you mix with it? So I actually... This is my favorite tip, okay? I don't... You know how they have those jars where you can mix up and it, you know, tells you what to do to mix up? I take the bowl that I'm going to put my salad, like I'm going to put a a bowl big enough to put the salad in for however many servings I'm making. I will, I will put, before I put anything in the bowl, I will make my dressing in the bowl. So I'll put a teaspoon for each serving of olive oil in my bowl. I add vinegar to that or lemon juice or some sort of acidic something rather and I, I vary that depending on what I feel like. <laughs> and then I'll, I mean, but just even red wine vinegar, right? And then you put in some oregano, some salt and pepper. Sometimes I'll put a little Dijon mustard and I just mix it up and I make my salad dressing. Then I put my salad in there and I mix it in and put it out in bowls. And That's so I don't have leftover salad dressing. I just yep. make as much as I need for that meal. 
And if I accidentally put too much in my bowl, I will dump it into a Tupperware thing and put it in the refrigerator. Right. Yeah. And so you use it for salad dressing. What else have you used it for? I frequently, if we do have a meal where we have bread and we're dipping or, you know, like, you know, you have bread and butter with your dinner, instead of butter, I serve an olive oil dipping sauce. And all I do is I put a little oregano on a plate, uh, salt and pepper, and then I put olive oil on top. That's it. And then I use the dipping sauce. I also use olive oil, just marinating my meats. I think you mentioned that too. I love marinades of just like olive oil with lemon juice and salt and pepper. That's great. <laughs> it's all you need. Super uh, simple. Super simple. interesting that grilling with uh, olive oil can help keep your meats more juicy, your chicken more juicy. Mm-hmm. Again, it tends to be less greasy. And again, you can use olive oil over and over again for frying, believe it or not, up to three times without uh-huh. compromising your flavor. So again, use, you know, if you're going to use regular olive oil, utilizing it when you are grilling or sauteing, I'll use regular olive oil on roasted vegetables. Yes, that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes I'll drizzle a little extra, extra virgin olive oil on when it's done. Oh, okay. Extra flavor because the olive oil itself doesn't have as much flavor. Right. It doesn't. And then light tasting olive oil. We're going to talk about that when we come to baking. It's really great for cooking methods, you know, like grilling or sauteing. But, you know, if you're making cookies or a cake, you don't want it to taste like olive oil necessarily. Right. Um, No. It's a good time to use that lighter tasting olive oil. This is something I'm just brand new into. I actually got my first bottle this week. Okay. Light well, and I will report back okay. on how my goes with it because I always bake with I bake with butter. It's okay. my tradition, you know. Or I'll bake with canola oil. But I thought using olive oil might be a nice change of pace, but I didn't want an overpowering flavor. Um, okay. Yeah. See, I tend to do that. I'll keep olive oil and canola oil in my on my shelf and I use the canola oil more for baking and for when I really don't want a flavor to whatever I'm making. Uh, And don't fear if you've heard bad things about canola oil, (laughs) uh, next episode we're going to bust myths about other heart healthy fats such as canola oil. Yes. So we'll get back to you on that. Yes. Um, Yeah. That's one, one I hear a lot about that canola oil is somehow horrible. Oh yeah. Spoiler alert, that's the only two oils I have in my house. (laughs) One thing I do hear a lot about olive oils is somehow that they have a lower smoke point. Yes, Um, I hear that too. People are afraid of them. They're afraid they're not stable uh, when they're cooking. And it's actually not true. Olive oils have good stability when heated, especially at normal cooking temperatures. So if you're cooking on your stovetop, it's not getting to 550 degrees on your stovetop. Right. And what we're looking at, you know, as a, a smoke point range of 350 to about 410 degrees, olive oil, that for extra virgin olive oil, regular oil, olive oil can go almost up to 470 degrees. Okay. So that should take care of most things you want to fix. Right. Um, so don't feel like you can't use olive oil because it's somehow not a safe oil to use or it has a low smoke point. That is not the case at all. Yep. So... Do not worry about that. And then finally, baking with olive oil. And like I said, I'll report back. There are baking conversions for olive oil, but they're not a perfect one-to-one. 
So I will post a link to a chart that if you're really interested in baking with olive oil, you may just want to like print it out or save it on your phone and, and refer to it. But it's similar to like one teaspoon of butter is three fourths of a teaspoon of olive oil. You know, if you're using a cup of uh, one half cup of butter in your dish, one quarter, one quarter cup plus two tablespoons of olive oil is all that's necessary. So it's actually so a little bit less olive oil. So this is just a conversion if your recipe calls for a butter or a solid saturated fat, basically, then you can... Right, light tasting olive oil for the canola oil, that'll be a one-to-one. So this is just the sub out for butter. So again, you're always putting butter in your cakes or whatever, Mm -hmm. trying some of those, that olive oil, that light tasting olive oil can be really, really beneficial. Yeah. Um, that conversion chart because I can't memorize it and neither should you. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a good, good thing to have around. I know when I'm making pizza crust, I like using olive oil. That's uh, what we do. Yeah. So. I, I will say, I mean, we cook our pizzas at 550 degrees. Now it's only for 10 minutes. Right. There's others on it. But mm-hmm. we've never had an issue with smoke point in our olive oil, even a 550 degree. Oil. Right. I've um, never so had a problem. Yeah. Right. So don't be afraid of olive oil because of the smoke. That's a huge myth. Yeah. That somehow it's not stable. And yeah. And it's just not the case. Olive oil is actually as stable, if not more stable than other cooking oils. So um, that's the good news. Fantastic. So. Well, we hope you've learned a ton about olive oil tonight. We hope that you will maybe not be intimidated by those green bottles on the shelf. Like I said, you can feel like you can go to the store and you can spend, you know, $50 on a bottle and you can spend $10 on a bottle. Mm-hmm. I would prefer to spend the 10. I know you would too. Uh, um, yep. <laughs> That's why I get the but, 10. <laughs> right. Look, it's cheaper. For those, look for that quality seal if you're concerned, but realize that even if you don't see that quality seal, the vast majority of olive oil. I mean, the truly vast majority of olive oil is perfectly right. fine to purchase. Yeah. No matter what it says. I've never so, worried about that. Yeah. <laughs> not something we think about, but again, yeah. it kind of got blown up a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think it really made people cautious about what buying olive oil. And that's right. just unnecessary. And yep. it's one of those, that principal fat of that med diet that is so heart healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, that again, if you're looking to improve your health, uh, if you're looking to reduce your risk of hypertension, heart disease, diabetes, all of these things nobody wants, and we're probably all going to get at some point, there's some way to stab that off a few more years by just making a diet change. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just the oil change, I tell people who are not ready to go all out with med diet, just right. change your oil. That's it. Change your oil. Start with that. Start there. Absolutely. Start with there. Yep. Yep. Well, thank you for listening to us tonight. We'll be back next time with more heart healthy oils because it's not just olive oil. <laughs> and we'll be back with that. If you have questions, you can email us at dish at secretliferd.com. You can find us on Instagram at the secret life of dietitians. And we will see you next time wherever you get your podcasts.